The Afterburn Podcast is a proud supporter of Guns Gear Memorial Foundation, helping our veterans and their families when they need it most. To learn more, visit gunsgarren.com slash rain. You're listening to The Lowdown, your insider look into everything defense, aviation, and geopolitics. Sam Lodge, stroke eight, nose five, low. Switch, negative contact on your... Break, right! Stroke three, defending, nose... Hey, welcome to The Lowdown. So we started this year a few months back with The Lowdown. Uh, it's gained popularity. I think we will continue it. So thanks for everyone who has supported listening to this. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed to the Lowdown newsletter. We're getting those little insights into aviation fence and geopolitics. If you subscribed and you're not receiving it, it might have landed in your spam folder. Realize that when you subscribe by clicking the link down below, you'll get a follow-on email that actually confirms your subscription. You got to click that and verify that, yep, I actually want to be a part of this, this team and what we're doing here. So... Thanks for everyone subscribing. If you haven't done so yet, you can check the link down below. But like every newsletter, we're going to kick it off with a quote. This one's by Colonel John Boyd. To be somebody or to do something in life, there's often a roll call. That's when you have to make a decision. That part of the quote, to be somebody or to do something, not always easily executed. But if you're not familiar with Colonel Boyd, you might be familiar with OODA loop. That's observe, orient, decide, and act. This has made its way throughout the U.S. military, our military partners, and I'm pretty sure a lot of businesses utilize the OODA loop. He who can do the OODA loop the fastest wins because your enemy is still reacting to variables that have already changed. But boy, it's a fighter pilot. He went to fighter weapons school. He taught fighter weapons school. He is part of the lightweight fighter program development that was developing the F-16 and the F-18 when those battles were going on inside of the Pentagon there. He created the energy maneuverability theory, the EM diagram. EM is always referred to in the fighter pilot world, knowing how to best utilize the energy state of your aircraft. That all came from Colonel Boyd, who's a Georgia Tech grad. So I always have to step my game up. But jumping further into the newsletter, I started last week with In History. Got a lot of positive feedback from that. So we're going to keep it going. So if you like this stuff, if there's things you want to see, you can always send me an email and you can find that over on the afterburnpodcast.com. But March 2002, Operation Anaconda. This is the operation to eliminate Al-Qaeda and Taliban forces that are operating in eastern Afghanistan. During this operation, U.S. forces fought a 17-hour battle on the mountain top of Tekrigal. Also, this became known as Roberts Ridge. Approximately a 0100 local and army MH-47 attempted to insert special operations team onto the mountaintop. This mountaintop is about 10,000 feet, so quite high. And again, if you're not familiar with the trade of Afghanistan, there's a lot of hills up there in the north, and you can actually see Mount Everest when you get really far up in the north northeastern part of Afghanistan there. The helicopter came under heavy fire and was struck by RPG and gunfire. Navy SEAL Neil Roberts fell out of the helicopter in this attack, the helicopter had to land, make an emergency landing a few thousand feet down the mountaintop. Team started coordinating to get back up. Technical Sergeant John Chapman, he's an Air Force combat controller, began coordinating for close air support and the rescue efforts for Roberts. Chapman and Navy SEAL team were inserted back on the 10,000-foot peak. Upon landing, Chapman advanced on an enemy position, killing two enemy fighters. Chapman's team would then become pinned down by heavy enemy fire 
on all three sides. Sergeant Chapman broke the cover and charged over 200 feet up a 16-degree slope covered in snow, engaging and killing multiple enemy fighters. Chapman was posthumously awarded the Air Force Cross, and on August 22, 2018, his Air Force Cross was upgraded to the Medal of Honor. This is in accordance with Air Force policy. Every Medal of Honor recipient is automatically promoted to the next grade, which is Master Sergeant. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, you can. I have a link in there where you can find the drone footage that captures this. And you might remember from a couple of years ago, it popped up. It's the only Medal of Honor that's been captured in video the entire fight. It's a CIA drone that's recording it. They declassified it and released it in 2018. So incredible stuff there. But um, yeah, so onto the flight line. The Air Force pilot retention push uh, is still ongoing. This, this thing hasn't let up. The Air Force released its bonus program of uh, for pilots. There's different layers and things to back up and paint a little bit of a picture for the longest time, probably 15, 20 years or so. The Air Force pilot bonus was a five-year bonus at $25,000. The Air Force started tweaking this with variations over the past couple of years, ranging from a one-year to three-year to five-year, 12-year bonuses where you could pick your flavor. It was still typically 25 and then got bumped up to 35000 And now we're seeing uh, bonuses that still range out to 12 years. But they might be, or, or I guess this year is three to 12 years with $15,000 being on the low end. There's various things that come into play when you're picking the bonus and how it, how it impacts you and what you qualify for. Here's uh, my two cents. If you're a pilot in the Air Force and you're considering taking the bonus, like these bonuses are not, in in my opinion, really a bonus. It's almost like a blood contract that's being signed here. Because if you're going to stay in, you're going to stay in anyways. Uh, a lot of opportunities on the outside world, but uh, it's probably not one of those things that's pushing someone necessarily over the fence because it is taxed. And while $600,000, and I put in there clickbait, Sounds like a lot of money, and it absolutely is. A, it is a lot of money. It's a 12-year period, so you have to look at the potential earnings on the outside world and what you're giving up for that. But this is just one effort that the, uh, the Air Force is doing to try and retain aviators. I think ultimately it's going to take decades where they just produce more pilots to try and fix this, but nonetheless, no one asked me. North Korea has launched multiple missiles. Uh, these are short-range, medium-range ballistic missiles off their east coast traveling 570 kilometers for landing in the ocean there. So we did see in previous newsletters with them launching their first spy satellite, uh, and they just continue to do it. Great picture of the rocket man in the newsletter who's visibly upset. If you remember a couple weeks ago, he was on TV crying about their low birth rates and begging North Korean women to have more babies. Always something going on there. The U.S. updated its plans for Guam, Anderson Air Force Base, they issued a notice of intent back in 2021, I believe, and they just updated it to include a environmental impact study for 12 Republic of Singapore Air Force F-15 aircraft. So it'd be bed down at that location. Takes several years for the buildup, but this is all in a move to bolster Indo-Pacific uh, strategic strength in that region. So uh, interesting if you move in getting Singapore over there. Uh, I don't think that's, that's probably a first there. So the 2024 
NDA, the National Defense Authorization Act, has been passed. Caveat this, there's a lot of moving pieces and stuff. The Congress still needs to fully fund everything I'm going to talk about here. So they approved the NDA, which is what the game plan is, but they still have to, to fund it there. So the defense policy or the budget of $874 billion, it's a 5.2% pay increase for service members and defense uh, employees. The authorization allows for the retirement of 57 F-15s, 42 A-10s, and blocks the retirement of 32 F-22 Raptors. We've talked about that a few times, but there are 32 Raptors that uh, the Air Force would like to retire because they haven't been upgraded, and it would be too costly to do so. Or it would be very costly to do so, which is really sad. So, um, I don't know. What can you do? The NDA allows for emergency power and a multi-year procurement of multiple missiles, including Tomahawks, uh, Mark 48 torpedoes, small diameter bombs, and a few other ones. Allows the authorization of $1 billion for a San Antonio-class ship. Proves Taiwanese, uh, let's say, the transfer of a Virginia-class submarine and training of Taiwanese military and cybersecurity enhancements. It requires the Senate to agree to withdraw from NATO. And that's a response to President Trump saying he would uh, remove the U.S. from NATO a few years ago. So now the Senate has to prove that if any president wants to try that again. Authorizes $300 million for Ukraine in 2024 and 2025 and delays the Space Command headquarters built in Colorado Springs. Um, a lot of the funding for these things uh, is either stuck at previous year funding with the continuing resolution uh, a lot of that runs out in February. So again, this thing has to be fully funded. It's a web I definitely don't fully understand, uh, but not not great. Air Force has punished 15 officers, and that's in relation to Airman Texaria. I don't know how to pronounce his name, and I really don't care, to be honest with you. This is the guy who posted classified information, playing video, game, video games out in forums. But they punished 15 officers, non-commissioned officers, in his chain of command saying they were aware that he failed to report, um, or that they failed to report this Seaman's actions. So he was caught like writing notes, viewing classified information, writing down on post-it notes, accessing things he shouldn't have been accessing. They allowed him to work in shifts overnight. There weren't proper controls, such as like printer limited access and tracking who was praying things. So not good when this guy has access to a lot of our secrets and then and spilled them out there. Houthi drone attacks. So these things have been on the rise there. It sounds like the canal is uh, having a lot of issues uh, with this, but 38 Houthi drone attacks for the last two months. For those who aren't familiar really with the Houthis, they're out of Yemen, Iranian-backed. So you can imagine where they're getting their good ideas and funding from. But this is one of the world's busiest shipping lanes, and the U.S. Navy has been targeting these drones. What they're targeting with uh, hasn't been fully released I think there's some speculation out there, but nonetheless, you can imagine that they're pumping out these drones probably for a couple hundred thousand dollars a piece, potentially, uh, and we're slinging million-dollar missiles at them. So that's going to continue to get costly. There were no problems, but now there will be. That's from Vladimir Putin, and he's upset over Finland joining NATO. That quote was made a, a few months back, I believe. But Finland this week closed its border with Russia, claiming that the Russian government is enabling the instrumentation of its people and guiding them to the Finnish border in harsh winter conditions. So, 
guess you got a lot of Russians that are trying to run over the, the Finnish border there. But Finland's part of NATO now, so uh, again, they share about an 830-mile border with Russia. And Russia is not happy about that. F-16s for Ukraine. All right, this uh, the horse that's not dead yet, but we'll beat it a few more times. So moving closer to fielding, that with uh, F-16s arriving in a variety of countries uh, to train the Ukrainians. Uh, Ukrainian fighter pilots are obviously here in the United States that are training. But according to their commander-in-chief of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, Valery Zell, I, I don't even know why I try, but he, uh, so I'm not even, I, I stop, I'm not even going to try but he said F-16s will be less helpful compared to a year ago since the Russians have had time to prepare. Duh. Um, you know, I, I'm a skeptic of this. I will say giving them F-16s is obviously a show of solidarity and it's going to be more capable than MiG-29s in my opinion for what they, they have when it comes to taking the fight. But again, this is not the golden BB that solves this conflict. But it's an incredible tool uh, to go out there and fight and a vast improvement over the MiG-29. But there are a lot of challenges that go along with this. And just to beat the horse one more time, you know, not only do you have to train the pilots and they're proficient and they're training from a Soviet style, the Soviet designed aircraft into a Western designed aircraft, language barriers, maintenance barriers, logistics barriers. They, in this article, they even talk about, um, you know, runways. The F-16 has a huge intake underneath. Like the F-16, you have to be very FOD conscious for an optic debris you're worried about sucking something in that motor and destroying the motor versus the MiG-29, you're not as concerned. And you also usually need pretty long runways for the F-16. So the Ukrainians, they have some logistical hurdles to overcome, among a few other things. Looking around the globe, so I haven't talked a whole lot about Israel and Hamas. Yeah, there's there's tons of stuff that's, that's out there for it. And it's obviously very politicized. But Israel is coming under fire this week because the Israelis mistakenly killed three hostages that were waving white flags that weren't wearing shirts. And these were hostages that they were trying to rescue. So not a good thing, right? Um, but you know the fog of war, the stress, the strain, the confusion that's going on, yeah, it doesn't seem too far-fetched. The Israelis are hammering Gaza. I... I, not to make light of it, right? But I do find it humorous or that people are surprised at just the, I don't know, use the term, the brutality. I mean, it's the iron fist that the Israelis are hammering Gaza with. The fact that anyone's surprised by this is mind-boggling. Israel was invaded by terrorists who brutally attacked, murdered, raped, pillaged their citizens. The Israelis are surrounded. They're cut off. They have like no friends in the region. Everyone wants to kill them. Like when they hit, they hit back hard. So this is not surprising that the Israelis are just hammering away and literally flattening city blocks. So I guess if you were surprised by it, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is how Israel always operates. It's a survival mode. And I mean, honestly, can you blame them? Like, what do you do? Just be a pacifist? That's not going to end well for, for Israel. It's not a great neighborhood. Uh, it's a contentious neighborhood they live in there, so... Mm. On to Hong Kong. Jimmy Lai. Uh, he is a pro-democracy uh, author, protester. He is standing trial facing a life sentence if he's convicted under the national security law that was imposed uh, following the 2018, sorry, the 2019 protests in Hong Kong. So he is charged with colluding with foreign forces to endanger national security and conspiring with others to publish 
sedacious publications. Uh, not a great spot to be, but uh, yeah, that's the probably can guess how that one's going to end. 127 dead, 155,000 homes destroyed after a 6.2 magnitude earthquake struck the Gansu province in China. This is uh, not China's deadliest earthquake, the deadliest earthquake in recent history is in 2008 when 8.0 struck Shenzhou, killing 70,000 people. I did have to pull this one up because ironically enough, I flew over uh, like 50 miles north of this city on Saturday. Friday, Saturday or Friday. It's tough when you're across the dateline figuring that out. But um, they were talking about just the cold. I'll put in the newsletter a picture from my flight where you can kind of just the elevation, the terrain there, the mountains. Uh, if you're not, if it's in the valley on the flatland, just covered in snow. And I did look up on the way there, one of the airfields, we can pull up the weather um, as we're trucking along there because it looked pretty cold. It was uh, minus 25 Celsius out, which not where you want to be in this poor region when you have an earthquake strike so there's probably a lot of challenges getting people the help they need there but this concludes the lowdown for this week again if you're not subscribed to the newsletter you can get the link down below thanks as always to my patrons for supporting the podcast hope everyone has a merry christmas happy holiday and a great new year we'll see you in 2024